Welcome back to episode 48 of the Blockrunner podcast. Here is where we discuss the latest developments in cryptocurrency while we make this new technology relatable to you. You can watch this podcast on our YouTube channel to follow along with our discussion. As always, I'm your host, William, talking with your co-host, Iman, and here are some of the topics we discussed today. First up, Yang supports crypto and the Iowa caucus. Next, we discuss Jack Mahler's Zap app. Then, how to know when the bull market is here. And finally, what are your thoughts on minting a new NFT through a proof-of-work process? All right, let's listen in. What's up, fellas? I like how you're setting up the math hat there. Yeah, man, this is uh, we're approaching crunch time. So, speaking of oh, the math, the math message is like more, more, <laughs> more important than ever, right? <laughs> Yeah, the caucus is like in a couple of days, ain't it? Yeah, the caucus starts on Monday. Did we talk about that last time? We did a little bit. Uh, so I showed <laughs> Iman a couple of pictures of what a caucus looks like. Because, <laughs> okay. again, yeah. we're not political guys. We don't, <laughs> we never, we never talk politics, dude. Like in, off off the podcast. Oh, yeah. I yeah, mean, for, it, for a good reason, dude. It's so like crazy, divisive. Toxic. Yeah, it's toxic. Because everyone's got their own stance. Then, yeah. You know, you. You bring up your own opinions, and then you like they feel like you're devaluing their opinions. Yeah, you know, it's like, like a fucking battle of the wits, and I hate that. You said a couple of weeks ago you were like losing friends because of <laughs> like politics or something. I mean, you were like it being was, it extreme, was, but yeah, it, it, I was adding like like salsa to the to the to, to, <laughs> to the conversation. The <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, there was definitely like we've had like some hardcore arguments over like political shit. Yeah, because there's another podcast we attempted. That's right. That's it right. was called like "Us Damn Millennials" because you know the whole like generation. You even yeah. like generations are always like bickering at one another, like "Dude, we're better than you," you know. So we we're yeah, kind of yeah. like, I don't know. We wanted to elaborate on that <coughs> a little yeah, bit. The whole podcast was political, like in a sense, right? Oh, I guess. I mean, I wasn't in control. I was just like a participant. Yeah, I wasn't like running the show or anything. But every time we got into like topics it was like fucking toxic <laughs> shit man it yeah was like i didn't like i didn't you know oh well, i like the gun episode i thought that was interesting <laughs> yeah that's yeah See, I, I, I mean he, these are all important things to talk about but it's like it's hard to have you know like good discourse i guess yeah it is hard just because you think you're right and people get passionate yeah but uh but but again like uh, we we normally don't talk politics but it was really andrew yang who was like hitting yeah. all like the, the resonance with a lot of people, it seems, not only us. Um, so anyway, I showed Iman some pictures of the caucus, and um, it, it's basically, you're in a huge room. There's a bunch of signs, like Andrew Yang, uh, Elizabeth Warren, and you go run around, you stand, you know, under the sign, and they count you. Yeah, I didn't understand that part. I mean, I understand how, you know, voting works, but the caucus is a little different. And I, I, but yeah, again, like we said last time, it's important because it's a swing state and all that stuff. To me, it's just like this is like the the validation moment for me, like how the likelihood of his him his campaign succeeding. Yeah. At this at this stage of the campaign for Trump, whenever the first like caucuses were coming through, he was polling like around thirty percent or something like that in the Republican Party. Oh, for the caucus? Yeah, I mean, he won like. Obviously, he won the nomination, right? But he was getting like thirty percent of the vote. Well, um, at, at this stage, is what I'm saying. In this mock caucus for Andrew, he was getting like thirty-one, thirty-two percent with the youth. No, 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 no. In the caucus, no way. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, there was. I think Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders were much higher, but they were the top three. It can't be, dude. No, dude. What about Buttigieg and? No, they were, 
They're gone. They didn't like. Okay, we'll see. We're speculating. So no, no, no. This was well. This was a mock caucus. Okay, right. Well, so so well, that's my point. My point is like that's why this is important to me. <laughs> yeah, but I, it's still a data <laughs> point. Like it's still no, like, no, no, no. The real data is like when, when the on Monday. Yeah, whenever this goes down, Dude. that's why. Like to me, this is like if if he's like under ten percent or something. Yeah, you, you all get, hope is lost. I feel. Yeah, like. if you well, you lose. Like you don't you don't move into like the next round or something. And and see that like this yeah, goes yeah, to yeah. show we're we're not political guys, so we don't know like <laughs> yeah, the true. flow of this stuff. But nonetheless, all signs are pointing to Andrew Yang like at least moving forward in this uh this uh, little yeah, race here. I hope so. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to find the picture, but it's like yeah, most of y'all probably don't give yeah two shits a rat's tail. <laughs> <I'm> tr- <laughs> a rat's tail. <laughs> I'm trying to cut back on my cussing here. Well, fellas, you know, apparently we've gotten some uh, some feed, some audience feedback that I, I have like a way too Again, much of a potty a, mouth. A it's sailor's like, mouth, dude. It is a little too hardcore. <laughs> so I need to like cut it back a, l- a little bit, just tone it down. So yeah. bear with it, me. If, there if, we go. If, if uh, a little slip comes out from time to time, you know, I apologize. Uh, so here's <laughs> one picture I'm talking about. So like literally you're in a giant room. Okay. And uh, there's a bunch of signs, Warren, uh, Sanders, and Yang. And you just literally stand there until they... You, they count you, and uh, you s- you're a certain percentage of the entire room, and if you don't meet a certain criteria, like above 18%, then those people who don't meet that criteria have to disperse and fill, you know, go to a, a, a bigger group. So why do they do it like this? Why don't they just do a traditional balance? Well, mm-hmm. I think the way that I was explaining it is, you know, in a, so... All they're trying to do is they're trying to gauge interest in a particular candidate with these mocks and polls and things like that. Okay. So one of the ways is doing a phone call and doing a poll, right? Calling 500 people, seeing what they say. Yeah. And so this is where people say that it's rigged because a lot of these phone numbers are landlines. Mm -hmm. And I don't know a single person with a landline. Maybe in Iowa there's plenty, but. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and so the, the point here is that it's a phone call that's made and then, you know, you get to see what people say. It, that's different than requiring a bunch of people to show up at a particular place in time and go and run around and stand like under a sign to like support a candidate. So that takes a different level of commitment. And so there's, they say that this is a little bit closer to getting people to physically go out there and vote, cast a vote. Okay, and so that's why a caucus is hmm. so interesting and has a closer representation of who will people vote for, and so that's what that's what this is. So this is this one is a particular like a mock caucus, okay. and so the live one is on Monday. So they're they're gonna do this for real. Now I don't know like can anybody show up? I don't know. Do you yeah. have to like register or they have like a cutoff date? I don't know any of that stuff. Yeah, well, F it, dude. Only thing that matters is Tuesday. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? We'll see. So so anyway, um, so a little bit, a few minutes ago, we were like preparing for this podcast, and we ran across Jack Mahler's uh, little tribute, little uh, post on Strike. Well, who the heck is Jack Mahler's, dude? Um, I don't know, dude. Yeah, okay, so this is like some... some you say he's a kid, but I don't well, know. Dude, yeah. He might not be a kid, actually. He's definitely not a kid. <laughs> he might be like one of those like 30, 40-year-old dudes who just like doesn't age or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Because, like, you look at him in his little videos, he, he, yeah. Like, he looks like he's 18 there. And then you look at that bottom right picture on his Twitter page, like, that's that's the chin of a 40-year-old man <laughs> to me. <laughs> I don't know. So, you you no idea how this held this guy is. But. Well, he came out with this application that... Uh, yeah, that's this is the interesting part. Yeah, so let me, let me go ahead and play you this video. I thought it was interesting. Let's see if it comes up here. Yeah, we're trying to figure out, like, how all this works. We li- I literally just heard about this, like... 30 minutes ago. I've got Strike downloaded and installed on my phone. I've got my bank account connected to it as a payment method. I have no LND. I have no node. I have no channels. I have no Bitcoin. I have no capacity. I have no anything. All I have is Strike and my Chase bank account connected to it. I'm going to go to Fold. I'm going to buy this gift card over Lightning and get some sats back. I'm going to pay this Lightning invoice with US dollars. So here's the invoice. Going to scan it, confirm my payment. Just taking my US dollars and sending the payment over the Lightning Network. Boom, done. Claim my SATs back, and I've just used my Chase Bank account to pay a Lightning invoice. You don't need a node. You don't need channels. You don't need Bitcoin. To interact with the Bitcoin and Lightning protocols, all you need is a debit card or a bank account. How easy is that? Shout out the haters. Shout out Jamie Diamond, Chase. We couldn't do it without you. All right. Shots. Yeah. Okay. So basically he's saying that you're using your fiat and you're completing a transaction using the Lightning Network. <laughs> and so the, the, the reason why I like this is because, you know, in the situation where uh, you don't necessarily want to use an exchange to buy Bitcoin for because, like, let's say it's a, at a good price, mm-hmm. then you can just use the Strike application to use to go from fiat into Bitcoin. Yeah, you're just buying Bitcoin from, uh, to me, like the ether, because I still don't understand <laughs> where this Bitcoin is coming from. So that's, that's my biggest, like, that's what, what we were what discussing is like, where yeah. does this Bitcoin come from? So that, that could just like stem from our, like, potentially like critical misunderstanding of like what the lightning network uh, is it's I'm, possible i'm thinking in my head maybe like this is just because if you're a merchant and you have like these lightning network channels with your customers right you're you're you said something about like the yeah. the payment doesn't like process immediately like the transfer from crypto to fiat yeah you, have to, you decide when that happens yeah as a you, merchant yeah you can close the channel yeah, every single day or whenever, right? Or whenever you want. You so maybe like it, it, the Bitcoin that you're purchasing comes from that pool of like unclosed channels or yeah. something. Um, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. No, that's that's possible. Because traditionally, right, whenever you're trying to buy something, you have to, there's two parties involved, right? Like in an yeah. exchange, there's somebody who's placing their digital assets for sale and then somebody else is giving them, you know, value in exchange for it. Mm-hmm. So this is a little weird to me. Yeah. Right now, no, yeah, it's a little weird, like where the Bitcoin comes from. But I think you're right. I think the liquidity li- liquidity comes from the the channel that you're interacting with. In this case, probably Strike's channel. Okay. And so that Bitcoin that you're receiving probably comes from the channel that has a certain amount of Bitcoin locked up. Yeah. Uh, we we'll have to investigate, but I I like what what. Jack is doing here because uh, you, you don't need I mean, to necessarily yeah. go into an exchange to buy Bitcoin. Now you can just download this app, connect your bank account, mm-hmm. and just like that, get Bitcoin. Which is like, I mean, if, if you know, 
if this news is true, like this is actually pretty f- monumental stuff. I feel like like this is like a big discrepancy within the community. Like people don't like exchanges, right? Because there's a lot of KYC involved, and then they're holding your funds. You don't know what you're exposed to. Yeah, you know the dangers, I guess. And yeah, see everything. Apparently, why does he say it's safe? Non-custodial. So, Zap is non-custodial. At no point does anyone have access to funds besides you, the user. Your keys, your coins, your node, your rules, all on your device. Jeez. And so this is on. This is a beta. So I think we're. I'm going to sign up because I want to. I want to try this thing out. Yeah, we have to. 100%. So <clears throat> it says buy Bitcoin over Lightning. Go from fiat to lightning in seconds, delivering Bitcoin to the user over the lightning network is a monumental milestone for Bitcoin and its users. For the first time ever, users will be able to swap fiat for Bitcoin instantaneously without any custodians. Introducing the world to Bitcoin has never been so simple and efficient. So that's, I mean, that's important. I mean, if I can just get Bitcoin instantaneously, like I'm all down. I'm game. Hold on one second. What's what's this right here that we're looking at? Is This is like somebody's wallet, I guess. It's got... So we have sent, uh, I'm assuming, yalls.org, sent. Okay. Yeah, I think it's just a wallet. Yeah, this is the interface, I guess. Okay. Scroll down. Anything else juicy in here? So we have four sections. This is connect your node, multiple wallets, full node coming soon, and Tor coming soon. So Tor says, Zap values privacy. Connecting to your Lightning node over Tor brings the ultimate power of privacy to the user. Interesting. Well, yeah, like I said, that's the only thing that's like puzzling me. But I mean, what do I know? Apparently, like you said, this guy has like 30,000 Twitter followers or something. And he's got like some real notable figures backing him. So more than likely, he's not like bamboozling everybody. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. It's just something very new that we just discovered. But yeah, this is a very interesting. Yeah. These are some practical wallets, I guess. You know. Yeah, so this is basically adding functionality to the ecosystem. Uh, clearly, there's a lot of work to be done, and, uh, like, there's so many things left to be built. You just have to be knowledgeable enough to build them or, I guess, get funding somehow. Then it says on that interface, it's like you're stacking sats. There's, like, no Bitcoin anywhere, you know? Oh, well, there you go. Total balance just says Bitcoin there. Yeah. I mean, on the other one, I know Satoshi's are, like, Fractions of Bitcoin, but still. Yeah. Like, why Why is he doing that? So this would be... It's like one... Yeah, one, one Bitcoin. 1.6 Bitcoin? 1.06, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Anyways, yeah, I mean, this is interesting. Something we need to look into for sure. And yeah. then report back whenever we fully endorse this product. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, we don't want to like endorse anything, right? We got to yeah. like look into it first. Especially because yeah, sure. they're not paying us a GDM thing. <laughs> I'm trying here. Well, I'm well trying. no, I mean, on top of that, it's like you know when we were discovered compound and we we're looking into it. Yeah, exactly. We didn't really know like where the interest was coming from until we like investigated it. Yeah, but like this is where it starts, man. This is ground zero for like a lot of things that we do here. So <laughs> it's true. Like we stumble onto things and then we like start thinking about it. Like, oh shit, I yeah, mean, this is actually kind of useful stuff. Yeah, and then we get d- deeper and deeper to it, and before you know it, we're actually like. It's like uh, it's like so deep we can't even escape. You have a <laughs> system like when you need to buy Bitcoin, you know exactly what you need to do for yeah. the most part. You know that you need to go into Coinbase or Binance, transfer some fiat, and then do your transaction. But you know there comes a point in time where 
someone develops an easier way to do it, a faster way, a cheaper way. And if you're not actively looking for these things, you're going to miss out. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's why we do this because we want to show you that there's a lot of stuff being developed right now. Yeah, that's and, important. And we're we're learning as you're learning, right? Yeah, we hear so much about the whole network effect behind Bitcoin. It's like, oh, like, oh man, there's so much development going on behind the scenes in the community. And we're like, what are you talking Like, what? What's going on? Well, this is an example of that, I there guess. There you go. You know, that's, that's something good to take away from it. Like, if, if you're like a potential buyer, I guess, for Bitcoin, it's like, well, you know, what is this network effect I've been hearing so much about? Right. This is like an example. Same thing for Ethereum, all these like DeFi projects, like if you don't you gotta like actually look for this stuff you know like that's true you're, you're like for real you yeah <laughs> if you're not looking for it it's not gonna just pop up into your feed yeah all you can do is like take it for uh, face value just hope hopefully everything yeah. people are saying is correct about these network effects you know yeah exactly so that's what i think like the value is is in that for me personally like oh, for if, sure if i'm investing in something if you don't have like a community of active development going on which is one reason why we're so you know, balls deep into Central Land because we see that every day. Yeah. There's like tons of people like actually like passionate about it and working. That's what, you know, to me, that's attractive. Yeah. Yeah. That's where you want to be because you know that there's gonna, there's a future there. Yeah, for sure. It's not like a, just a straight up ghost town, right? Like if you're like to invest in a project, you go to their Telegram, yeah. it's just like desolate. Yeah. <laughs> or if you go to their Slack, just like no, uh, for like, I don't know, no interaction between like a team and their. Yeah their community it's like dude this is going yeah. nowhere yeah exactly you know? so uh so there was Spe that speaking of that <laughs> like let's look at bitcoin's price yeah bitcoin right now so it it dipped to like what was it yesterday we were talking yeah. to 9200 now it's yeah. kind of recovered 200 bucks still 94 yeah so <clears throat> i i think this is good i think i'm not the only one with the the feeling of optimism here mm -hmm. that's what i'm picking up from the tw twitterverse yeah so uh so yeah i mean it's not a whole lot to report here i mean you know my feelings on that like you know markets yeah. tend to inverse sentiment <laughs> in my in my experience <laughs> you know if well it's different when it's a bull market right well yeah if it's like a real true bull market it's like it's almost well how, stupid to try and uh in your bet against it in your definition how do you how do you know for sure it's a bull market uh, I think like once we passed 20,000 previous all time really? highs. It, yeah, man. What do you mean? It's going to take that long for you to be like, you're, you're going to miss buying at 10,000 to wait for 20,000. I mean, no, because like smart money invests before like bull market markets occur. Bull markets happen. You know, if, if you invest, uh, if you wait for that, opportunity you know like you just said you missed a good buying opportunity you kind of want to buy like in a bearish market that's the whole point yeah you know but uh as far as like when i if you want like 100 percent confirmation yeah when you break previous all-time highs it's kind of like it's non-debatable at that point you yeah know what i mean that's that's what i'm saying yeah you know? I, I see what you're saying yeah well, i'm not saying like it's not a good time to buy <laughs> 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 you know we've been saying that since like three thousand, dude like, yeah it was like the barest of barest times, you know. We're like still like not, you know, you should be buying at these right. points, you know. Right. I, yeah, right around there. So, but was that a bull market? F no, dude. No, it wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing bullish about those times. We're still saying to buy, you know. But yeah, dude, look at that. Like you're you're 100 sold. Like we're in bull territory now. Well, I'm saying like if I were a gambling man, am I am I saying 
7,200 is the bottom of the next, like, little yeah. tranche? I would say yes. Okay. Okay. Based on what? Um, Just, <laughs> like, the history, the performance of Bitcoin in the past and the fact that we have a cadence and all that. Okay. And so the cadence, like I said before, it's, it's, it's not going to be consistent every four years anymore. It's going to take a little bit longer for each stretch. Uh, but nonetheless, I mean, I, I, to me, like we, I expected this, <laughs> not necessarily like the 14 K, like I didn't expect specific numbers, but I expected that when we were in March, when we started this podcast at three, $3,500, mm-hmm. I said, this is the lowest it's ever going to be. For forever, yeah, like, and and it's it's coming to be true just because yeah we're there's no there's no way we're gonna see three thousand dollar Bitcoin yeah we'll, we'll be lucky to see a six thousand dollar Bitcoin again mm. okay yeah man I don't like to make predictions anymore but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah you kind of have to right if yeah you're gonna play because you know Bitcoin is the driver of everything and and like I really don't care about predictions either because I know you know, you're going to be wrong, right? I yeah. So I don't care about being wrong. But what I do care about is making the call as to, like, does it make sense to spend, you know, a grand on buying Bitcoin now? Or do you feel like it's going to reach a lower price, like like a relatively lower price? Like, for example, if it reached $6,000 in the, the next three months, that is an instant buy if there was ever an indicator. Mm. So I, I know for sure in my opinion, to buy at 6,000 just because I can just, I can, I can see it. Like you justify it. You, you justify it. Right. Yeah. And, and the same thing, like I knew at 3,500 was like, I mean, it, it was clear to me. Where'd you get this like little plugin where it has like the green and red zones? Uh, I saw this little functionality, I think on trading view, some guy posted this, okay. This algorithm for trading view. I was yeah. like, so it was a nonlinear regression curve algorithm on TradingView. I was like, hell yeah, let's do it. That's pretty sexy, man. Yeah. So TradingView is the shit. It is. Real. It is. And then you can turn it off and it looks like a normal chart. Then you like, you lose all power, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> you, you get a different angle on the gotta, price. And you have to think for yourself too. Yes. <laughs> That's the problem. It's like, so, I want the lines back. We'll bring it back. Yeah. yeah David, I feel lost now. See, I... um. <laughs> I drew this line. If you notice, I turned this back on. I drew this line <laughs> in parallel to this like green curve here. You mean like you did it before you? Yeah, yeah. So I would do it. So I I drew it right here, like just in parallel, right? Oh, and then, I see. And I then see. I turned off the just to get a perspective on things, right? Yeah. And so um, <laughs> to me, this shows it can go a lot lower. It, it can. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like. Yeah. Once it hits six thousand, that's an instant buy oh, okay. because that's that's the support line and on that curve. Yeah, and so that's what I'm saying. Like once it reaches that price, put you don't back. think, you just do. Put it back on the the, the green and red. Has it ever hit the bottom? No, it hasn't. Yeah, so at three thousand, oh, did. I mean, okay, it was really it close. Okay, yeah, it pretty much did. Let's call that the bottom, which which it pretty much was. Yeah, yeah, and is. So, um, so it's not crazy to assume like it's it doesn't have to like if you go back in time how many times is it like hit this bottom you know what i mean yeah well, so can you, can you look like how far back does this chart go yeah so yeah man shit so it hit it dude it like lingered at the bottom for yeah. a dude went below the bottom at some points yeah but if you had this chart at this time which it didn't exist to be to uh-huh. be clear but it, if you had this chart this is just dude you're going through life just every day just 
putting in ten bucks here, ten bucks there. But um, <laughs> I was gonna say something here. Oh, so let's 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 zoom in a little closer so you can ha- have like an idea of what I'm thinking here. So let's assume that this green line here is a projection of you know what's gonna happen next, right? Mm-hmm. And so if we track the green line here, so we're tracking at five thousand six hundred dollars to six thousand one hundred dollars, right? We're saying that it's very unlikely it's going to touch this line, sort of like what would happen in thirty five hundred <coughs> range. And obviously, it went below this line, but so that's what I'm saying. Like if we track this line here, we're we're at fifty six hundred to sixty two hundred. Like if we see Bitcoin anywhere near yeah. six thousand range, like that's what I mean by like yeah 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 it's a good good time yeah yeah for sure yeah I, I'm 100 percent on board with your your stance like yeah. if it does get to that point please let me know <laughs> like <laughs> definitely send me like a, a I'll take I'll take a snapshot of this I was like dude Jeez, like you this better is evidence mine, yeah just remind <laughs> me I'm gonna sell to everything yeah like because you're right like there's not many points uh historically where it's like gone much further below than this green support line I guess so it's like you know. Yeah, and then probability so, dictates that you know it's gonna go up from there if it revisits this uh, this bottom, this green. So and then let's do the reverse. I was like, okay, we know when to buy, right? So ah, yeah, can you draw like some kind of pr- potential projection? I mean, I don't know. No, you can't. I don't. I don't. You can't. Like is so the the projection here is like the nonlinear regression curve. We know where it's going. Well, you have your own predictions, don't you? Like uh, by the end of 2021 or something like that, you think it's going to peak out maybe, or 2022? So or so I said uh, a couple of months ago that it was going to peak at the end of 2021 because we had a peak at the end of 2017, which is uh, two years and change right after the halvening. Yeah. So a year and a half, 18 to 20 months um, after the, the halvening. Yeah, and so and I said, in order to like maintain this like rhythmic this cadence, this yeah, cadence of like. So I said, well, then that means we're gonna see a hundred thousand dollar Bitcoin at, at the end of twenty twenty one. Well, that's what I'm saying. Let's go, can we go to twenty twenty one and and see, draw like a meme curve. Okay, so like you, like you did, you drew parallel curve for the green. Let's draw a parallel one for the red and see like what price it gets to. Uh, let me see if I can, if possible. And maybe we get like an actual like top. Yeah, so let me turn off this and just put a line on 100K. Well, it has to follow the red line, don't it? Yeah, yeah, but if let's... Uh, hang on one second here. So here's 10,000. Well, so here's 20K. Let me let me put a line here at 20K. Let's do a horizontal line right here. Okay. Okay, so then let me turn back on this curve... What the hell? Oh, wait a minute. What happened here? Oh, I turned off the log. Okay. So now we turn it back on. And so that... Damn, it doesn't even go to end of 2021. Yeah. You'd have to just arbitrarily... Yeah, so that's what I mean. It's like, so... Well, see, you drew a parallel line to the green. You can't do the same thing for the red, and then... Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's let's do that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not going to be exact, but it's like, yeah. So let's touch here. And I feel like your green parallel line's a little off. I think it's because you're looking like more short term. Yeah, it's short term. Like the parallel green line should be like trending. We're not trending down, but you know what I mean. 
This is probably like so uninteresting to anybody <laughs> who's like just listening to this and like has no idea what we're playing with. Like we're we're just we're meme lining right now, people. We're, <laughs> <laughs> we're literally meme lining. This is this meme is, lining one oh one. Yeah. Like or it's not even a one oh one, it's like meme line one. <laughs> Yeah, this is pretty bad meme line, dude. We're just like making shit up. And, like, <laughs> we're gonna be like, this is definitely gonna happen <laughs> by the end of this. But screw it. It's let's just see where it goes. All right, so let me turn this off again. Uh, right here. Oh man. And I have the log on. Yeah, but how do you like go up? Yeah, I don't know. It's like, oh, oh, there you go. Ooh, now we're getting somewhere. Now draw like a. A vertical line at the end of 2021. And then we'll have an intersection point. And then that's our price. That's our top. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's getting... Uh, let me <laughs> I don't zoom back <laughs> What <in>. happened, dude? <laughs> let me zoom back in. You So you were, you're saying uh, 2021, right? Well, end of 2021. Okay. Which so doesn't exist. So we have to like, determine it ourselves. <laughs> you know? Well, you can't because the, the lines cut off. <laughs> what do you mean? What lines? Yeah, look, the vertical lines, they're no more. Yeah, because it just, you can't like measure, measure the distance. No. <laughs> dude, dude, arbitrary, man. Like, whatever ballpark. Let's just see. Because right. 2021, May is, is in the middle. So they just go like a 2x distance from May. Right here? Yeah, let's just put a line right there. Okay. So let's call that the end of 2021. That's the vertical line. I feel like this is how Wall Street must do it. Hundred <laughs> percent. This is what they're doing in Wall Street right now. Like, oh damn! <laughs> All right, how do I get my menu back up? Uh, damn. There it is. Okay, so we want a vertical line, right? <laughs> yeah. Please. <laughs> vertical line, dude. Where are you? There it is. There it is. Okay, so we're we're right predicting there. right here. Let's do there. Now let's see your. So he, here's where we are. So 9,300, 9, right? Yeah. And so here's our next resistance point at 20,000. Yeah, but okay, where's the intersection? That's the juice right there. It's around 100, dude. You've been calling around 120,000, haven't you? I feel like this is, might be pretty accurate, actually. We're going like, to come back to this <laughs> yeah. one day and be like, dude, we, we nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> it's it. literally about 120,000. That's what you've been saying. I, I Yeah, I know, man. That might be legit be the top. It's, it's like I can I can feel it because there's no no way, there's no sense in like doubling the Bitcoin's price. Like going from ten to 20,000, people have $20,000 in their bank account, right? It's doable. People do not have an extra hundred k lying around, so that's that's much more difficult to to like achieve. So I was like, okay, one hundred twenty. That's yeah, feels right. And now we have meme line statistics to back us up. Yeah, so one hundred twenty thousand. <clears throat> so that's definitely our exit point. But here's the thing. <laughs> so I said that by the end of twenty twenty one that we'd get like a hundred thousand dollars. But then after doing enough research, I said that it's going to take a little bit longer to reach that peak. Just for a lot of reasons, right? That we've talked yeah, about in the yeah. past. So uh, yeah. I do not think my prediction is not that we're going to get to 100k by the end of 2021. I think we're going to get to 100k by the end of 2022 or something like that. Okay, but then that doesn't fit our our meme lines, probably. No, no. That's and that's the point. Is like if we were following the cadence for every four years, like we would expect the peak to be by the end of 2021. Yeah, you're right. Like, I mean, and there's no reason, I mean, you know, based on historical evidence, 
you shouldn't argue against that four-year cadence. Because, right, exactly. But, I mean, there's people out there who don't believe in it. I mean, they have good reason not to either. Well, and the reason is is because in a nonlinear regression curve, like yeah. the volatility first starts to go down. Yeah, as the longer you go. The, the longer, longer you, you progress. go. Yeah. yeah. And so once the volatility goes down, and there's a lot of other factors that contribute to this. But then, like, over time, if, if this thing, like, lags over time, like, lags. all of a sudden the happening has, like, no impact Exactly. On it. Because think about it. That might actually, yeah. That might, yeah, that once, once the, the happening goes from, like, 0.3 bitcoins to 0.15 bitcoins, like. Yeah, like, it's arbitrary. It's point. arbitrary, like it yeah. Gives a F. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good job. That, that makes sense, actually. Yeah. It does make more sense. Like the halving becomes less like critical less, to the value critical. of Bitcoin. Yeah, because when we're talking about halving going from fifty to twenty-five and twenty-five to twelve and a, at twelve and a quarter, I mean, come on. Yeah, like right now, like that's like the biggest thing people bank on is like this halving event. Yeah, yeah because, because early on it mattered. It's true. But now, and and it still matters. Like I want to be clear. We're yeah. going from 12 and a half to six and a quarter. Yeah. Right. That's still a big change. And then the following four years, we're going from six and a quarter to three and 125. Mm. Like that's still pretty big. Yeah. But, but after that, like now you're, you're talking, you're splitting hairs. Mm. And now Bitcoin's like, it's valued at 150 grand. And all of a sudden, it, it doesn't really fluctuate that much. Yeah. You're going from like 150 grand to peaks at 170. I'm still holding out for 120k though. That that's definitely my like peace out price. No matter when we get there, I feel like. Well, I, here's so here's my opinion. Let's say we do get there, and let's say pandemonium is at its, at its yeah, at a level to where nobody's ever seen this before in any market ever. Right? This is like whole new territory for humanity. Let's put it that way. Even if you sell at 120 and it goes up to 200k. You shouldn't feel bad because because what, what's the likelihood that uh, you would have called it right? What's the likelihood that you would have stayed in and the price would have gone up to 200K? I don't know. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like <laughs> you can't know. So, yeah. So if it does reach 120, like don't feel bad by hitting the sell button. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, if it gets, dude, in this next cycle, if, if if everything everyone's projecting is correct, that's that's like about like a five to six trillion dollar cryptocurrency market there, right? Yeah, that's a pretty freaking nasty market, man. Like, yeah, that's, that, that's, that's that's gold market. Exactly. That's what I was comparing. That's always what I compare it to. So at this point, to get to that point, there's definitely gonna have to be like some government, like gold, like rush to purchase. I feel like. Oh yeah, that's a lot of money, dude. Six trillion. Come on now. Can you imagine a <laughs> country start purchasing, purchasing Bitcoin at a hundred thousand dollar price? Well, you said it yourself. It's like a hysteria or whatever. That'd be so crazy. But imagine they start purchasing and and all the smart people start selling. Well, see, that's another thing I'm thinking. I don't know if a government can possibly put themselves in the yeah in that, in that position, position of like yeah. ridiculous volatility. You know, like yeah. especially investing that kind of money. Well, it's going to go to 100K and the bottom, what, 20K maybe? 30,000? I don't know. So you do I mean, lose significant percentage, but like, yeah. We got a whole new bottom, right? At 20,000. Yeah. And apparently, like, governments are slowly buying into this, apparently. Mm hmm. You know? Yeah, as they should. We'll see. But, anyways, this so, is, yeah, this so is th- interesting. This is what we do. <laughs> yeah. So we, we talk about this pretty often, but. Yeah, man. 
you know? Like, so, and the reason we keep bringing this up is because we're getting closer to that date, and we made some calls, and we're just curious. We want to see how close we are. Yeah, at one point, we wanted to, like, create, like, a, like a, a trophy display for how awesome we are making <laughs> predictions, but we never felt followed through with that. We got, well, we, know. we, so we have to go back to the videos and like <laughs> catalog all the predictions. True. I mean, but yeah, but we've been pretty consistent. Like we haven't really like flip flopped on all these things, but it's like, there's no point really. I feel like, I, I don't know. I don't have any like reason to be like, Hey, it's like, well, it's check out my track record of like yeah. excellence. You know, I think it's more about like, being able to feel the market, like having that ability to like understand like what's happening. Yeah. I think that's really what it, what it's about. <sighs> yeah, man. Like me, myself, I've, I've, I've felt all phases of this market. I felt, you know, the euphoria. I felt the despair. Now I'm feeling like, you know, it's kind of like boring, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. They call this the winter phase, but I guess we're getting out of that. Yeah. It's funny but, you call it boring, but man, if we go back to like 2017, like nine thousand is like yeah exactly reaching like that was the euphoria the, that was the peak euphoria right here and then a week later it's twenty k it's like bye it was pretty intense bro I remember it like yesterday and then and then now we're talking about like a stable nine thousand dollar <laughs> yeah <Bitcoin>. dude freaking <laughs> snooze fest <laughs> it's like come on man you're like that meme like poking at it like let's go man yeah. kick it into gear. <laughs> Oh but man, this is the way it goes. This is valuable experience, man. Like everybody, mm-hmm. and, and those people who didn't experience that 2017 rush, like you know, I guess like mentally prepare yourself because <laughs> like whatever does come, you know. Yeah, there's certain things to look out for. You know, if this thing does take off like it did in 2017, man, like you're gonna see a rush of like money entering the space, not just from speculators, but from like investors and. You're going to see all kinds of projects popping out, like just like they did, and people making these wild claims like we're solving, yeah, scaling six, 16.0 or something <laughs> like that. And then people are literally going to believe in it, and it's, it's going to like catalyze a lot of uh, activity, right? Yeah, your friends are going to be like, bro, have you heard that third layer solution? <laughs> yeah. Dude, there's, there's, a, there's a multiverse solution. You ever heard of this? <laughs> like freaking quantum solution? Yeah. Like, come on, guys. Like, <laughs> like, you already know that's going to happen. And you get that phone call, it's like, hey, Iron Man, is it a good time to buy? It's at $115,000. Oh, <laughs> good Lord. Yeah, that's exactly uh, what's going to happen. Yeah. But yeah, prepare yourselves for all of that. It's going to be interesting times. Yeah. But uh, so in, in the meantime. <laughs> yeah, in the meantime. <laughs> there's lots of other cool things going on. Yeah, so we were talking about Decentraland. And uh, let me see. Um, I'll read you what I've... Well, actually, I knew about this. For a little while um on discord there's this this thing called decentracraft mm, that's right yeah we're always thinking because you know we're like uh we have multiple projects in the works for mm-hmm. decentraland and yeah so we got two games coming up for decentraland and our due date is a couple of days before the actual launch yeah and so i know corv is working on it right now and i think we can jump in really so while we while i load this let's talk about decentracraft <laughs> Okay. So Decentracraft is very similar to kind of our <coughs> idea in the sense of like NFTs and resources and all that stuff. Yeah, we like vaguely, uh, did, yeah, we vaguely mentioned like one of our ideas or projects that we're like developing with uh, Ben Kelly during that interview. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we even like went even further down the rabbit hole like after that. But the idea, and if you listen, if you've been like a consistent listener, whenever we talk about dissension, like we have like a common theme mm-hmm. in our beliefs, yeah. in our belief system, our philosophies. Like we were, the idea is like drive, um, what is it like, uh, like interest or? <laughs> well, for sure. Like we're we're we don't think. People are going to enter the world and like if all they experience are like uh, scenery, interactive or not, like that's not enough to retain their their attention yeah, or their time, their time investment. You know, if you're trying to create like a a successful project, that's like the whole goal, right? You you want people to, to come back yeah. essentially. Yeah. And on top of that, um, my brother happened to be involved in Minecraft in like the early, early days. Yeah. And uh, he was playing Minecraft when it was just a browser game. Yeah. And I forget what year that was, but... Had uh, to be early, 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 early. Yeah, like 2005, 2006, something like that. Anyway, um, he was playing Minecraft on a browser, right? Because that's how... That's how... Uh, what's that guy's name? Um, well, that's how he developed the game. Initially the creator on. of Minecraft? Yeah. Okay, yeah. He has, he has like an interesting name. Um, so he created Minecraft just like using a browser and I was, I was like asking her, but I was like, dude, what are you doing? Like this game looks like it sucks. And, uh, so obviously, you know, this guy sold up, sold the game to Microsoft for 2 billion or whatever. So, but I was making the connection that Decentraland right now is a browser game. Yeah. And, uh, so we've, we were experiencing a lot of lag and, and I can see somebody jumping into Decentraland and not understanding, like, its value, its potential, like, the whole point of it. From, like, a user perspective, probably. Yeah. But, yeah, for, I feel like if you're a developer and you have, like, a, I don't know, like, a creative mind, if you enter, like, an open sandbox-type environment and you realize, it's like, what, there's, like, an SDK available, yeah. I feel like that should be enough to get the juices flowing, like, oh, shit, like, what should I, what can I do here? Right. 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 But the it's so early that like from a user perspective, I mean that that's what we keep debating whether or not there's enough. Uh, I don't want to use the word incentive because that sounds like fake. Not fake. That sounds uh, almost like interest. Just just basic curiosity, interest in like yeah, in the whole place because itself. like I I I apply my own experience to things, man. Like because I I have a very addictive personality. Yeah, you know, like uh, I'm I'm a gamer, but I've probably only played like four games throughout my entire life, because I find like an addictive exp- one and I stick to it because like it's something about that game like hooks me in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've played a lot of other games, but like they they lack those addictive elements. So I like dedicated a lot of my own personal time and investment into those. Like I'd say three or four games. Uh, one would probably be like Call of Duty. Another one, World of Warcraft. Yeah. And now Dota, but essentially, what something that each each of those games encapsulated is like a sense of uh, accomplishment, a sense of progression, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So this game, from what I heard about it, Decentracraft, they're following a line those uh, those same sentiments, I guess. Yeah. And what is this? Oh shit! This is the new one. This is the new one. Dude, freaking Oscar, hard at work. <laughs> <laughs> so our new game is called the uh, Block Hole. Yeah, yeah, if you haven't figured that out, it's kind of like a black <laughs> hole, right? But yeah. yeah, it doesn't make sense unless you uh, play the game, I guess. 
Yeah, so let me see if I can figure out how to get up there. Yeah, this is like not even close to being finished, I don't think. Yeah, it's it's definitely not. Um so he's working on it right now. We had a little bit of delay because of like family stuff earlier in uh in the weeks. Um but the point of this game, it's it you you it has the same mechanics as our other games because the whole point of this game is that it focuses on being able to generate some passive income for the landowner. So, like, for example, we're a landowner. We've deployed this game, and people will want to play this game because they could, the player, can actually earn mana playing this game. So, again, like, the the mechanics are that if you you are the top leader in, on the daily board, then you end up winning mana. And for every time that you spend mana at these games, you you get a ticket. And the point of this ticket is, is that at the end of every month, we'll have sort of like a raffle. And the top 10 or the, the 10 people that get drawn in this raffle um, get to compete in a tournament style game, the last man standing. And the last man standing ends up winning the monthly pot. And so, for example, if you're a landowner and you deploy this game, a percentage of the, of the mana spent goes into the monthly pot and another percentage goes into the daily pot. And so then, of course, as a landowner, you get your own percentage because you're hosting the game. So that's how you make passive income. And then the players desire to play on play this game because they could potentially win. And so you have like this uh, reinforcement gameplay mechanic that have people wanting to come back because they could potentially win mana. So we create another game using that same mechanic, um, but it's hard to describe because it's not finished. So, <clears throat> so this is like a preview as to what we're building here. Yeah, and this is just one example of like again what this is what we're doing. This is only like a four parcels out of ninety thousand. So who the hell knows what everyone else is doing? Yeah, <laughs> I mean we do know what a lot of other people are doing, which is like, but the diversity is insane. Everyone has their own ideas, their own concepts. But that's what you're. That's, that's why I think the, you're right with the whole comparing this to Minecraft, like you said. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, dude, if if you're around during those early days, like, dude, if you play the current version of Minecraft, you compare that to your experience from 2005 or whatever, 2004. Yeah. Dude, I can only imagine like how crazy, how much it's evolved since then. I mean, I've seen it myself. I've seen my nieces and nephews play like current Minecraft. It's it's pretty complex these days. It is complex. <laughs> you know, it's evolved. Let's say that. Yeah, Minecraft has its own servers, and in that server you can create your own, like, gameplay style, like Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's a completely different iteration as to what Minecraft originally was. Yeah. Like, there's, like, a story behind Minecraft now. I mean, they got a whole, like, development team, you know, in My- Microsoft, like, working on yeah. this stuff. So it's going to be massive. Yeah, it's, they, they've taken it to a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. And I feel like... This is what Decentraland is going to turn into. Is like once the developers really get a hold of to like what you can do in Decentraland, dude. Things like this. This is like version 1.0 of like a good idea. True. <laughs> like once developers see this, they're going to come up with something like so massively better. Yeah. And uh, we're just trying to make this sustainable. That's that's really our goal. Yeah. Agreed. And like I said, the reason why, <clears throat> you know, this land did, wasn't free. Exactly. <laughs> that's the big. That's the kicker to this no whole land. discussion. No land has been free. That's the thing. I think a lot of you know, 
that's where I think like a lot of the value is going to come from. You know, like this, there's a whole land ecosystem here that is untapped. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, you know, if you have a two by two parcel, you want to maximize like the potential earning of that, of the two by two. Mm -hmm. So will you build up like some of these parcels that are not building up, like they're missing out on potential. True. And so that's, that's how I feel people are going to start optimizing their land, right? They're not going to just build a one story thing and that's it. They're going to really optimize their space. Yeah, you would think. <clears throat> but uh so so anyway, going back to Decentracraft is they have like this whole ecosystem building a an economy based on like materials. And so the way that this would work is that all these parcels that are going to be deploying like custom builds like like ours is a custom build, they participate in this ecosystem that if there's like a daily winner, they not only win mana, but they also win materials like leather. And so so the player can now collect leather and then combine that in a gameplay style mechanic with some other material to make like a tent. Mm -hmm. And then you make that tent to have like an early version of like a, a learning center, an education center from a gameplay style, right? And then you can do some like ancient learning to build like fire. And then uh, once you have like a fire material to collect, then you can start making other stuff like uh, melting ore, right? Make metal stuff, metal tools. So now you're creating like this whole economy on materials within the central land. And uh, so we, so we had not a similar idea, but like a different version of it. Where you, yeah, you yeah. have you discover ore in Decentraland, like an ore NFT, and that and of course you that ore NFT can be staked and then converted into more rare materials by staking and all that stuff, like we talked before. But it's like a similar sentiment, like you, you we know something like this is going to happen. It's just a matter of deploying one version or another, you know. Yeah, and I, you know, I've I've been. Tiddling with the idea of you know I'm always thinking about what this ecosystem is gonna look like and feel like when it's fully built out and fully, not fully, but at least like way more robust than what it is currently. You know when there's like oh shit, there's a third person view now. Yeah. What? Well, that just blew my mind. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, I always think about that, and then I start to think this character right here, this is your unique avatar, right? Yep. Think about this world when there's like. Let's say 80% of the parcels are filled with interactive experiences. There's, there's a good, healthy economy going on. There's tons to do. You know, you could spend your time doing, a, 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 you know, a, a diverse, you know, pool of activities to choose from. So I'm thinking there's, there's value in, in that character's time, just like there's value in your own time. Yeah. Is what I'm thinking. So I'm trying to think of ways to... <clears throat> access that 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 time value. So the way I'm I'm trying to correlate that with the uh, mining concept is <clears throat> to to try for people to stake their own uh, in-game avatars as almost like you're 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 going to work. Think of it as like in the world of what do you do eight to ten hours a day? You're you're using your own time. You're staking mm-hmm. your own life. Yep. At at work, and what are you getting in return? You're 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 getting your an income. You're making money. That's the whole point. You're exchanging your time for money. So why can't the same thing apply within this uh, universe? That's what I'm trying to think of. Certainly. 
You know, they can. I I don't think that's something a lot of people are honing in on in on yet. You know, uh, I think there's a lot of people thinking how to extract value from people, yeah. <laughs> but not so much how to generate value for yourself. You know. So basically what I'm driving at is like trying to figure out ways to like build like build out some kind of digital work economy within Decentraland. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's what I'm thinking about the most, you know, more than anything. Because I think there's enough people thinking about ways to like, you know. Take your mana. Take your money. Take your <laughs> mana. But I think in order for this project to be sustainable, like if I was really, really wanted to be like immersed into this world and feel like a true resident, like not only am I just coming here to like, you know, spend my shekels on things i want to make some shekels in return you know what i mean just like like anything that's a true virtual experience i feel like that's a full flow circle experience you know Mm. no i totally agree i mean there's no reason why you couldn't spend your time to extract nfts Mm -hmm. uh i only we, we only have to figure out the mechanics of like all the incentives like why would a landowner buy like this uh, mining rig to uh, to extract to have people extract NFTs. Well, again, see this 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 that's all left left up to market forces, basically speculation. So again, these who's that? Oh, that's Oscar. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> we got him. He's just chilling. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> see, this is like a a delicate conversation, man, because it's like so there's so many different angles to approach this at. Like I feel like we're not even talking about it properly. Well, I think yeah. I think there's two ways to approach it. Either we do an innovative way where we don't necessarily we don't have a token sale like everybody else. That that's um that's the innovative way. No token sale. We do something else. Um or we take the uh standard approach of doing a token sale so that we have enough resources to build out the whole mechanic. Yeah, but see you asked the question is like why would a landowner uh like want to generate these NFTs? Is that what you said? Yeah, because if uh, so, my thing is landowners will will purchase your meta, if you will. They'll purchase your mining rig meta. See this right here? We're looking at for those who don't know this game. Everything that exists on this parcel of land is the meta. Yeah, this is the meta that we created, uh, and that you know this is what the players are to interact with, et cetera, et cetera. So. <clears throat> Now, th- replace this with just, like, think of it as, like, this is a refinery, okay? This whole tower is just a refinery. Mm-hmm. And what the what I'm thinking is, so, <clears throat> the whole attention of the meta is to produce an NFT. But in order to do so, you need some kind of, like, user interaction. I call it staking. Like, let's say you have 10 slots within this refinery. They call them, like, you got 10 jobs. You got yeah. 10 employment opportunities for people to stake their characters there for X amount of time. Like uh, X amount of time, let's say every one hour, if you have 10 people staking their character one hour, you produce 10 ores or whatever. Without those people there, nothing's being produced. So you yeah. ask, why would a landowner want to invest into a meta that costs them money? Mm-hmm. And in order to incentivize people to come and, like, stake their character, because they could be doing anything else. They could be gambling at casinos or whatever. Yeah. Or maybe there's other metas out there where they could potentially earn revenue. Why come to this one? Well, because you, you as a landowner, basically you're kind of like a business owner. You have to pay these people in order to come work yeah. at your refinery. 
And so what's the return? What do you get out of it? Is this NFT? So so you're saying that you would pay so as a as a purchaser of this uh mining rig, you would pay people to come and and just like stand there? Well, see this for one, there's a couple of issues. I don't know if there's some like idle log off in this in this in Decentraland, you know, like in most games if you don't do anything like Oscar for he's just I'm assuming he's been standing there for hours. Yeah. <laughs> but he's still there. Yeah. Right? His character's not doing anything. Why can't he, you know, you're you're in this refinery. He's going to be doing the same thing. You're there, but your character's staked. You're not doing anything else. Your time is invested in this. And to me, there's actually some value in that. And the landowner, the reason why there's value is because this refinery isn't producing anything unless he has these people staking their character's time. Yeah, you know? but you're paying you're paying somebody to stand there. Like, I could just, like, get into this refinery and just, like, walk away from my computer. Yeah, why not? See, why? where's the value in that and doing that? See, you're, you're again, you're, you're missing the point of, like, you don't think there's any value in, in the metaverse then. There is value. I think of a fully built out, not this, this is a desolate world right now. There's a lot of things you could be doing with your character's time, just like there's a lot of things you could do with your own individual time. These characters have lives of their own, essentially. No, I know, but uh, but you're paying people to stand there. Yeah, just like, I'd equate that to like, yeah, when you go to a job, you're working, but you, that's not what your people are paying you for. They're paying for your life. Your, yeah, your, yeah. your time. I mean, you're, you know, psychologically or philosophically, philosophically, that's that's what you're doing. Yeah. So, so what's the problem? What would you rather them do except just stand there, like actually, like be clicking something, or what? For like every minute, you got to click something. Well, uh, the reason why I would I would recommend like the actual human to do something is that the outcome, which is the ore, has like verifiable um, time staked into it. Like there's, you can verify that somebody was doing something like in, in, in one of the cases that we were talking about is, um, going through a captcha and just, yeah, just doing the captcha for like an hour. Mm -hmm. Um, as boring as that is, the only way you could have extracted that NFT is that somebody spent, you know, that hour doing a captcha. Mm hmm. Versus just standing there, because you could stand there and then the, the human goes and does like errands. Like yeah. They, there's no value in that. The human is gone. They're like doing something else. But if you know the human is actively doing a captcha, that's different. Mm -hmm. Like you know that that's, there's value there. Otherwise, you get like all your, your 10 old computers log into Decentraland. They all go to the mining rig. You leave them on for like an hour and then you've extracted an NFT. Yeah. Versus versus requiring every single ten computers to do capture work. See, then I I'll throw this at you. Okay, well, what's going on uh, on the Bitcoin network? What what actual work are people doing to, in order to uh, sustain the value of of a Bitcoin? Well, the mining. It's there's no physical labor going into that. No, but it it took well, money. It took yeah. money. Uh, yeah, there's money into this equation too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, with uh, if you have a, a, a bunch of humans just standing there and they go away, you're taking that functionality, you're taking that value away if they just leave the computer. But why? What do you mean? Okay, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Like, mining, uh, Bitcoin mining is completely different, right? Computer is actually doing work that a human can't do, mm -hmm. right? To, to, yeah, to fulfill a certain purpose. And, and so... This is the opposite. 
the human is doing work that a computer can't do, which is capture. That's how you stop a bunch of uh, bots from entering into your Discord. Mm-hmm. That's how you stop people from spamming you is requiring capture. Yeah. So you're flipping it on reverse. So without that, it'll just be like a, just a bunch of bots. Like yeah, basically like a bunch of bots. Yeah. Yeah. So you're 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 eliminating the bot fo- um, stealing of NFTs from from bots, like just standing around, to requiring humans to like prove that they're human. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if people are going to be willing to sit there and well, like. That's the point. Yeah. Because if they are willing to do that, then there is value. Yeah. Depends. It's like it's like saying uh, I'm Satoshi. I'm coming up with a solution to the double spend problem, uh, but it's going to take thousands of dollars worth of rigs to to stand up on the entire planet. Then the then my counterpart is saying, well, I don't know if people are willing to do that. And then, and then my I'm saying, well, that's the point because if they are, that Bitcoin's valuable. Mm-hmm. Just for, uh, from an investment standpoint, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, see, I, I see don't that know. makes that makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah, it does. You know, of course, because I mean, that's that's our experience with things. You know, I don't know. I'm still thinking about that though. I actually really like my explanation. I'm, I'm proud of myself. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> Go over it again, just so, so, so you can relive it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. So in in Bitcoin and the reason why okay but there's another reason thing to emphasize the reason why we're thinking so hard about all this is because you know there's a market that exists with NFTs and we're, we're every day we're learning more and more about it I I feel like it's there's everything is just generated out of what out of thin air you know yeah yeah and when it comes to an NFT obviously it's it's not it is out of thin air but there's a purpose behind the NFTs usually like for gods unchained. Yeah, there's there's a team out there. They're 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 creating this artwork, and they have like uh, unique traits to them, unique properties. And the the idea is there's a game to be played, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? So each of these individual cards is like a little piece of that game. That's but, where the value stems for them. But nonetheless, that those NFTs were generated out of thin air. Yeah, there was there was no work. No. There's no effort. It's just simply filling out an ERC seven twenty one contract. Yeah, and saying I want ten thousand NFTs because I'm going to create Gods Unchained. Yeah, like you're just arbitrary, arbitrarily assigning them properties and traits, you know, and then the community takes off from there. I guess with their, you know, breeding or trading, mm-hmm. however, however they do it, the exchange mechanisms that each game has. Yeah, you know, they they take over from there. <clears throat> so that's where we got us thinking, like you know, with Decentraland. Being this open platform that is, is there a potential there to utilize it to create NFTs? You know, will that add like an actual intrinsic value to this digital asset? Yeah, what I'm thinking. So in order for that to occur, you know, I think you might be right, and there might be human labor might be more required, like a bigger requirement at you know, in order for that to uh, happen, mm-hmm. or maybe not. I'm not sure. Well, okay, so let me go back to my Bitcoin explanation, is that Bitcoin requires work that a human can't do, right? Mm-hmm. Hashing uh, SHA-256, right? There's no way you can do that with pen and paper or in a calculator, right? You can't do that. So you have to employ a computer to do it. And now there's these mining farms that uh, that's all they do, right, is they hope to 
find that that knots that's that satisfies the linking between one block and another, right? So just to put it put it in crude form. Mm-hmm. So in the case of minting NFTs, we want to create a way where it just doesn't come from thin air, like everybody else, like CryptoKitties and Guns Unchained and all these other famous NFTs. They just created a thin air and they make it a cool game out of it and they're successful. Mm-hmm. So, uh, of course, we can do the same and hopefully be, you know, have the same success. But we want, we want to put our own spin on it, on the concept of minting NFTs. And the way that we do that is with the same work mechanic that Bitcoin has, except it's in reverse. So, like, Bitcoin requires a computer because a human can't do it. Our NFTs require a human because a computer can't do it. And so the way you do that is by employing CAPTCHAs. Because CAPTCHAs, computers cannot do that, but humans can. It's Mm. trivial for a human to do that for the most part. Mm -hmm. And so just like Bitcoin has work being done onto it to, to generate brand new Bitcoins that never existed before, in our case, CAPTCHAs is our work in order to generate NFTs that never existed before. Mm. You see how po- poetic that was? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get it. I don't know. I think I'm just putting more... Uh, <clears throat> yeah, like I'm putting more value on the actual... Staking of the... Dude, stop. Stop with that. Because that doesn't make any sense. It's like you're an idle computer. You're just going to get logged off, essentially. Do you know that? Well, I don't know that for sure. I mean, yeah. you can stand here all day, but there's I mean, no value in that. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I guess like these things don't run themselves. These characters, no matter what, no matter how like valuable this ecosystem becomes, like if there's still a human behind everything, every interaction, every whatever the fuck, you know. Yeah. So yeah, the value is still behind the person. You know what I mean? I don't know. Uh, for some reason, I attribute like the <laughs> the. Uh, yeah, because it's like by by staking your character, no longer are you free to to do anything else within the metaverse. So that alone, yeah. But I, for how long? Like an hour, two hours? However like, long you volunteer your your time, you know, to this network, to this NFT producing thing. Yeah, but so what do you get in return just by standing there? <sighs> you get paid. See, and the, see, that's like it becomes weird because the landowner buys this this uh, mining rig. And then, then you got to pay people to stand around. Yeah, because otherwise, it's basically like by b- purchasing these mining rigs, you get uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, I, I guess like you're priority the priority access to yeah, minting to NF- these to NFTs. NFTs. Yeah, instead of just going directly to Dapper Labs or whoever made CryptoKeys, I think it's Dapper Lab, and buying the cat and spending your fiat directly to buy an NFT. Now you're gen- you're producing the the NFTs, but you're you're slowly paying for them. And the people who are making money is not Dapper Labs. They're actually people within the community. They're the ones who are making the money. That's where I think the value comes in is going to create like a, an actual, like I say, a closed, closed loop economy for Decentraland. That's where I think the value is going to come from. You know what would be crazy? Like, you remember in The Matrix, you have a bunch yeah. of like batteries like hooked up to the network, right? <laughs> Yeah. What if what if we sold like a tiny version, like a one parcel size mining rig to landowners and only the landowner can stand there all day <laughs> and just do a bunch of captchas 
and that's how you create yeah that's how you generate your own nfts so like you have to buy a mining rig in order to generate these nfts and if mm -hmm. you don't buy a mining rig then you cannot get an nft and through that mechanism we can at least fund this partially to build out all the smart contracts that we need because there's there's a couple there's a few i think like three or four and uh probably more than that we just yeah no, I think it's it's not that many. It's okay. not that many. All right, all right. Yeah, keep continue. So <clears throat> only those who purchase this tiny mining rig can generate these NFTs and that's that. And the only risk is we don't have a lot of landowners purchasing these mining rigs and therefore there's not a whole lot of money to build the smart contracts and therefore less incentive to collect these NFTs in the first place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess that's why we're talking about this. Uh, hopefully I, I explain my my side my way of thinking clearly you know i'm kind of like stumbling on my own thoughts here thinking about it but I, i'm i'm planning to like write something that's like cohesively like you know brings my whole thought process together a white paper. hopefully okay yeah it's basically a white paper yeah but I'm, I'm hoping you know if you're listening to this and you you know like i said my my thing is i'm actually valuing the time of these characters but the thing that could detract from that is the fact that you can just make a hundred of them, mm -hmm. you know, but still there's only limited capacity, you know, you can't just claim a hundred, you know, spots. Yeah. But then you're arbitrarily limiting it. What do you mean? Right. If people do the work, they should collect as many NFTs as they want. You're talking about if, if the, your, your concept, if you, if you're yeah. a landowner and see, you're fucking me up. Well, <laughs> you're going back to your thing. I'm thinking about my idea. Now you're, fu you're, 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 you know, Mixing things together. <laughs> oh, I'm talking about, from my perspective, <clears throat> damn, what the fuck was I talking about? Well, I mean, ultimately, you're hinging on people just standing around, and I don't think that's, like, I don't think that's, that's like, valuable. Yeah, yeah see, that's that's where we disagree. You, you don't see any value in... Uh, no, I don't. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> because I could go, like, I'm standing here in Decentraland, like, yeah. at the block runner tower. Yeah. I could go downstairs and, like, wash the dishes. Yeah. And I'm staking my time. Like, I I just, I don't know. And then you're paying you're paying me to stand here. Yeah, because without it, then there's nothing being produced. Well, then why why couldn't I just buy a bunch of avatars and just stand here all day and get paid all day? You as a landowner? No, me as a player. Well, again, like, just see, there's, yeah, you, I don't know. There had to be some kind of, like, yeah, you wouldn't want to kick people off, would you? Like after a certain amount of time, yeah. See, if you're like the first person to find out about this, you could just claim all the spots and like never leave. Well, yeah, yeah, right. Especially uh, if you you're can, getting paid you, to do you, that. You can game that system. Yeah, you couldn't game doing a bunch of captchas. You couldn't game it. You would have to literally employ a click farm to game it. Mm -hmm. And even then, that's worth its its value because people are sitting there. You're paying people to sit there to captcha. Yeah. Because you couldn't, you couldn't do, you couldn't have a computer to do this. You could do captures within this, like. Well, that we all have to, we'll have to investigate. But. Yeah, yeah. See, I understand that. So, so the reason we're talking about this is if you want to bounce an idea off of us, we're wide open. Yeah. Please join our Discord. Comment on YouTube. We want to hear your thoughts because it boils down to this: How do we generate NFTs? without requiring an NFT sale like everyone else? That's the question. How can we mint NFTs without requiring an NFT sale, a standard NFT sale? It could be 
an NFT sale to a certain degree, like we're talking about these mining rigs, but it's not a, a generic NFT sale like we've seen with CryptoKitties and, and these other NFTs. And this, and, and what, what really, it boils down to like a game theory. Like what kind of, what kind of a game can we come up with where work is being traded for an NFT? Mm-hmm. And time. And we'll have to look into captures as well because I think if, I think you can get paid by doing capture, like capture doing capture work. I think you can get paid now. Of course, it's pennies, but nonetheless, it's work. What do you mean? What are you talking about? Like actually doing captures for who? For some website. Like there's actual tangible they- value for doing capture. Like really? it's a yeah. It's you're training a network, a system, a machine learning system to distinguish what is a bus to what is a sidewalk. What is a stop uh, sign to what is a car? Yeah. You are doing actual work for humanity by filling out a CAPTCHA. Interesting. Yeah. I wasn't aware. I'll try to find that and put in the link in the description. That way you guys can kind of read up on that. But there's there's value in doing CAPTCHA for real. Mm. Is there any other system like similar to a CAPTCHA? Or is that like it? Well, we've seen one with like Binance where you kind of like slide the slider. Well, yeah. That's like a CAPTCHA. But it's not, is, it's not the same. You're not training a system. Yeah. It's just something that requires like some kind of input that a machine can't do. Yeah. Basically. <sighs> That's And I don't know. Maybe CAPTCHAs have a, a short lifespan because I think computers are getting better at. Yeah. I was thinking. Yeah. If if, it's, if the end goal is to create like a, a machine learning. Yeah. We're some, yeah. working towards the end of that. Right. Because we're, yeah. we're training the machine that's supposed to like understand like what pictures are you know yeah so over time this these becomes less and less uh reliable as like a source of authentication or whatever yeah that's right damn I see, I it's crazy aware, how I that works that. that is crazy yeah who the fuck made that <laughs> yeah, hey. some kind of genius yeah right so yeah so we'll leave it up 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 to you guys to like you know contact us and give us your thoughts um if you want to work on this with us let us know man we're wide open um, yeah, and I think that's that's it, man. Well, I mean, there's just so much more we could talk about, really. Really, like what? I think that was like the main like guts of everything. Guts, yeah. But like I said, like the, the main driver of all this, I don't know. I kind of want like just dive deeper into like the whole purpose behind all this. You know, like like what? Like what? What purpose behind this whole idea of like? See, you so, don't so necessarily think. Decentraland is required for any of this. Yeah, you know? so that's that was the other thing. I was like, well, how do we create this without necessarily requiring Decentraland to, to be part of it? Now, yeah. not to like exclude Decentraland, more like having like exclusive assets for Decentraland and other assets for like the website, for example, so that you don't have to require users to go into Decentraland because maybe they're not gamers, Matt. For whatever reason, they don't want to go into Decentraland, right? Mm-hmm. We have the same functionality, but a different outcome, like a different or yeah. a different uh, starting NFT is resulted from work being done on the website versus work being done on Decentraland. Mm-hmm. But this isn't just like any kind of like uh, the idea also originally was to create some kind of uh, a value added proposition to existing NFTs, too. So the idea is like we, you know, we want to create another like a staking platform. Oh yeah, for like this isn't just like a resource that arbitrarily exists. There's a purpose for, for sure. It. So yeah, so the the 
the conversation that led up to this current point was really about starting the NFT, like the birth of this NFT. Mm -hmm. Now, the functionality of this NFT is that it can be staked into a smart contract. And with DAI, you can stake this this or NFT with DAI so that, let's say, the first evolution of this this ore goes from an ore to carbon and you have to stake that for three days with a hundred bucks worth of man of dye and so you stake that into a smart contract you get your hundred dollars worth of dye back you get a brand new nft the original nft gets burnt into uh, an address that no one has access to and uh, you have an a a new nft that you know for sure required one week's worth of staking plus a hundred dollars worth of die and so the the fee for this is that the the network gets to keep the the compound interest on that die for that week so that's that's why you get it's like pull together Mm -hmm. and and pull together you give them your die right into a smart contract of course they use your die to accrue interest for that given week and then then they do a, a a raffle and whoever gets drawn in this raffle wins the the compound interest of the collective pool, and you get your principal back. So it's a no loss gambling game. So in like in this case, it's a no loss NFT upgrade. Yeah. Oh, you you said pull together is a no loss gambling game. I thought you were talking about this. No. Well, yeah. This I mean it's the same thing. It's it's a no loss like NFT upgrade because you're yeah. staking the hundred die, you get the hundred die back. Yeah, but you, you, it's not gambling in the sense that you don't know what the outcome is. Like, if, if you're staking your... No, for sure. It's not... Ga- so, what yeah. I was saying, pull together was a gambling game. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Like, yeah. I thought you were talking about this. No. But the idea is... is so, again, so, so, so now we're trying to derive whether or not this there's any added value to you staking... Not only are you staking money, you're, 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 you have to wait. Yeah. That's, so, there's time. That's the point. Yeah. So that that's sort of the point because that NFT represents the time and money required to generate the NFT. Mm-hmm. So, so you so, hold on to this thing for five years or whatever. So okay, so that's level one, right? Level two is staking that carbon again for yeah. three months plus five hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and then you get diamond NFT, mm-hmm. right? Same process, right? You get your five hundred dollars back. After three months, you get this this diamond NFT. Mm-hmm. And so when people see this diamond NFT, they know for sure that it took three months of work of staking, right? And $500. Yeah. And so, and then you keep progressing. Like, next one is six months and $1,000. Next one is, you know, a year plus $2,000. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why when we were breaking this down, that's why I thought, like, if we just created NFTs out of thin air like everybody else and then apply them into this, this staking platform. And then the end, end product is this this nice and shiny diamond that you can imbue with, a, in, let's say, a crypto kitty. That's right. All of a sudden, you got a diamond crypto kitty. That's right. You know, but I, I thought that wasn't enough, you know. I well, think that's, yeah, that's like, that's 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 more than enough in my opinion. <laughs> that's, that's like, that's the game in my opinion. Well, not necessarily. It's, it's not really a game at all. It's just... Uh, I don't know what you call it. We're calling it imbue.io, but yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. I mean, it's just a staking platform 
Yeah. But yeah, like it's, you're not winning a lottery. You're you're actually getting a an a, a, a NFT. I mean, ultimately, NFT. like we're creating this NFT, but we can't arbitrarily create a bunch of diamond NFTs and like no, we can't do that because it's a smart. The only the only way to do that is with a smart contract, mm-hmm. and that smart contract requires time and money, mm-hmm. and so we can't just artificially just create a bunch of diamond NFTs that would defeat the purpose. Mm-hmm. And so if we have a bunch of people on the planet staking their carbon NFT to create diamond NFTs, that NFT is very valuable because that's the only way to mint that NFT. Yeah. So I guess there, this begs another question that we could throw out there to the community. If anybody listening. Okay. So like explain after explaining this, the staking concept, the origin material that's used pre-staking, like uh, the ore. Do, do y'all th- do you think personally? Well, like, will the value uh, depend or or change? You know, based on whether or not this is like minted out of thin air, the the origin ore, mm-hmm. just like every other NFT. Yeah, each one's gonna maybe have it's gonna have its own properties. You know, its own mm-hmm. its own purity, its own shape, its own color, whatever. Yeah, just like all other NFTs have, there's uniqueness to them, but still they're minted out of thin air. Or will the end product of a year of staking have higher value if there, if there's some kind of proof of work and time element from Decentraland, you know, in order to extract yeah. these? So ultimately, resources? if you could just buy the ore versus yeah. proof of work ore, which of the two has more value? Which one is more interesting? Which one would you think the community would care about more? would be interested in participating more. Is it just buying these NFTs or is it just like minting these NFTs through a proof of work mechanism? Yeah. And utilizing, like I said, the central lands, like intrinsic value later, like the land itself, because it's not free. You know, this is land Mm -hmm. that people who own these parcels actually have to agree to, you know, host this, this resource. They have to. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's the question is like, Ooh. Is there value in that? Do, we do, don't know. Do you care whether you can yeah. mint this in Decentraland, or does that not really play a factor into like its potential yeah. value in the future? Yeah, we need to hear from like non-biased sources and like people who are you know within Decentraland would probably tend to favor like you know probably favor Decentraland. Yeah. See, the thing with Decentraland is that it requires three D assets and like a different set of skill sets that may not necessarily be required in a minimum viable product right and so that's that's really what it comes down to is like yeah when you have limited amount of resources where do you place it what's the best place to place it true yeah but yeah i'd be interested to see if anybody gives uh some kind of feedback it'd be great yeah but yeah this is us just literally this is what we do <laughs> yeah and it, it, it did so let's talk about not, the last uh, wrinkle right the other wrinkle what was that? It's uh, synthesizing. Oh, yeah, that's right. So when you have, like, the the base ore, like, you can synthesize two ores together. Mm-hmm. And so the other idea was, like, if you get two ores together and you synthesize it into a new ore, like, the two ores either disappear or they get burnt and you have a new resultant ore with new properties, right, random randomized properties or some some game mechanic where it leads to more rare properties for this particular ore. Um, so we have this deflationary aspect. So you start with 100,000 ores, and then with time, with people 
trying to generate more rare properties because the more rare properties that you have, the more valuable the NFT is perceived. And so kind of naturally like everything else, if you have yeah. like a... This a, is like proven, you know... Proven game mechanics. Like if you... Look, all other NFTs have used... And like CryptoKitties. Like, you know. like if you have a Genesis CryptoKitty, that's worth a lot more than like... Yeah. You know, some other CryptoKitty. Yeah. And so properties, you know, have a rarity to them. And so the idea of synthesizing two ores together is to potentially yield a more rare NFT ore. Yeah. And then down the line, if you, you know, again, you, you stake these things and they turn into something. Not only is it rare in the sense that there's a limited amount of uh, ores that have uh, similar properties, but it's also gone through a staking mechanism where now it's, it's, you know, had time and financial resource uh, yeah. caked into the value of it. That's right. Again, and all this is verifiable because yeah. of the blockchain. That's right. So the thinking is, you know, you imbue all this additional value into an already existing valuable asset. That's the whole idea behind the whole thing, you know. Otherwise, like, what's the point? Yeah. I feel like, you know, wh what the hell are we collecting? Yeah. And then, so once you have, like, these rare ores, you stake them for more rare diamonds and galactic cores, etc., then you can merge them with standard NFTs to yeah. to like flex. Like who the hell knows what, what direction is going to go down? Like uh, the as far as like application, it could literally be like you just called it a solar core. That could be like a a very important. Like if you played War, World of Warcraft, yeah, there there's there's a uh, socketing slots to your items. You yeah. know what would you yeah. rather socket your rare? You you got this rare axe from a game within yeah. Decentraland. What would you rather socket it with? Like some something that's like arbitrarily created out of thin air that somebody says has some value to it. You know, it's just like some artist who drew something. Yeah. It's like, ooh, all of a sudden, you know, you got this rare sword that has this, you know, minted out of thin air property yeah. to yeah. it. <laughs> or you actually have something that was difficult to obtain. There's like, it's, there's lots of change of transactions for it, yeah. you know, from one person to the next, you know, that has an origin to it that's, yeah. you know, there was some work put into it. And then there's verifiably like years, <laughs> years in order for this thing to exist, you yeah, know? Yeah. Like, what would you rather have? Or what do you, th what do you think would make your, your weapon more valuable? Yeah. In, in I, essence. And I think the answer is pretty clear. I, I think so too, but I don't know. We could just be fucking crazy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, you know, this is how, the, but this is like. It's it's an open realm, man. This whole this like, whole yeah, the whole NFT thing and and the central land, like all this stuff is brand new. Yeah. I feel like I think if we build it out, it might be easier for people to understand. <laughs> um and that's I mean, I feel like there's there's some legs here because I mean we keep talking about it and to us it makes sense. Yeah. Like we just need to collect some resources in order to make it happen. Yeah. And again, the reason like I I don't know. I really want this Decentraland integration is because I feel like something like this is needed for this ecosystem. I, I to totally survive. agree. I, yeah. I totally agree. agree. Whether or not we should care that deeply about it, <laughs> you know, we care because we're, we're in, you know. But what I, what I would say to that is we just build a branch off the evolutionary chain uh -huh. of an ore. Right. Okay. One branch leads to a galactic core. Another branch leads to freaking Batman's heart, you know, down to Central Land. Oh. 
Wait, what? Yeah, I'm talking crazy here. <laughs> okay. Get crazy with me, Willis. What are you yeah, talking about? Like the, the Fortress of Solitude's essence, right? That's like, that's the final stage if we go down the Decentraland path. Uh-huh. And then if you go down like the website path, you get like a Galactic Core. Mm. Yeah. See, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the hell you're talking about now. I, I get I know what you're saying. You just So you just create a different evolutionary path depending yeah. on which which place you stake it at. Uh-huh. Yeah, sorry, I got distracted. A new leaderboard just popped up, I think, or something. But uh oh, nope, it's bad. It's gone. <laughs> okay. You see that? The floor just changed. Where over here? Okay, never mind. You, you clearly didn't see it. And I missed it, dude. Okay. Anyways, yeah, man, I don't know. I mean, I could just sit here and keep spitballing ideas with you, dude, but I don't know how <laughs> interesting. I don't think this is like interesting at all to people, but maybe it is. <laughs> Again, let us know. Again, th- but this is what's this See, is what's crazy about Decentraland is that there's people who are doing the same thing. We're we're just trying our best to think of things like how to use this fucking thing, because literally in two weeks this thing launches. The developers like go away and they like vacation for the next twenty years probably. <laughs> I don't know what they're gonna do. I'm sure they're gonna be involved. That was a joke. Yeah. But the whole idea is like it's up to us, the community, to like do what we're doing. You know, think of things. Right. You know, to me that that to me that's the most uh, interesting thing about this whole project is like how the community is gonna run itself. You know. No, I I, I agree. Opinion. No, I agree. I mean. Um that like like you're saying, just to to harp on your point is like we're trying to figure out how to how to create value. Yeah, that's that's really it. And you know, to me, it's interesting. Game theory by itself is interesting. Like, how do you create just a generic game that people want to play that is addictive, that is you know just like every other game that exists, like uh, for Fortnite. That's taking over the planet to a certain extent. Yeah. Right, that's I mean, because while, the game yeah. mechanics have people addicted. Right, somebody had s- to sit down on a on a round table to figure out how does this game work so that people like to play it. <laughs> I mean, they pretty much copied our already existent framework. Battle Royale games, there's tons of them before. Well, not tons, but you know, PUBG and etc. But it cartoonified it, and for some reason, you know, yeah, that makes it more appealing to a mainstream audience. Like realism doesn't sell anymore these days. Yeah, maybe another reason why Decentral Land might actually be like a booming success is pretty cartoony. Well, you know, I think it, games that are realistic are not necessarily successful. I think well, it's, they're, it's they're the gameplay. Not. Yeah, well, the gameplay is the only thing that matters, and gameplay is what we're talking about. Yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah, I guess Fortnite for some reason. I mean, I played. You use Fortnite as a good. It's actually a good example. Like, why was Fortnite so much more successful than? previous generation battle royale games which were like basically the same game the only thing fortnite did was added like a building layer on top of it or something yeah. like that see and that's the little wrinkle that yeah that might be it maybe people like <coughs> i don't know yeah who knows and so we're trying to come up with our own wrinkle but you're right yeah that's, proof that's of work cool. minting or just buying nfts like which one which one do you perceive more value yeah cuz that's the whole thing we need like uh, actual feedback and stuff so, yeah, if you have any, please, like Will said. All right, now we'll end it here. Yeah, Screw we'll it. end it here. <laughs> <laughs> I try my best not to cuss, you know. No, that was good, man. Anyway. <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think you cussed at all. No, bullshit. Well, I just did. <laughs> there was definitely some cussing, but 
whatever. Hopefully, I get better and better. Yeah. I don't know why I ended up like it's such a degenerate, but whatever. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> All right, guys. I appreciate you joining us. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at the Block Runner, and like I said, just join us on Discord, comment on YouTube, whatever you enjoy doing. Hit us up. Tell us that this idea sucks and you shouldn't waste any more time talking about it. Yeah. Any feedback is like appreciated. Br- brutal honesty, yeah. For real. Yeah. As brutal as you can get. Like, n- no joke. Yeah. You know, and, you know. Or if you're a smart contract developer and you'd be like, Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, this is a cool idea. Yeah. How do we join forces? Yeah, or if you're, like, a, you know, in the Decentraland community, you want to get involved, too. Like, for real. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's let's talk. All and right, like, guys. At some point, we want to have like more Decentraland. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we we want to have like a roundtable, uh, preferably before Decentraland launches. Mm-hmm. Like it's gonna a roundtable is like lo- logistics, like everybody's timing and everybody's like all over the planet. I, oh, it, it could be difficult, more difficult than I anticipate, but <laughs> we gotta try. Yeah, I already have like you know problems when we just interview one person. Like just well, yeah, the one person's like Vietnam and then Australia yeah. and like UK. But, it, but my problem meaning like it's hard to have a conversation with them because there's like a little micro delay. It's true. And for some reason, it, it just it, it's it's tough to like uh, have an actual conversation. You know what? Like, I mean, um, you know, we like Peter McCormick. When What he does with this podcast is he physically shows up all over the world to yeah. interview these people. Yeah. And I, at first I was like, no way. Like, that's yeah. so stupid. Why doesn't he just Skype call yeah. them? You know, <laughs> he'll save a lot of money. But now I'm starting, you know, the more interviews you do, it's starting to click in my brain. Like, yeah, it's more know. personable. It's more authentic. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's easier it's to do. Dif- it's difficult to have like a conversation, like when the person's not there. Like, and then, like I said, there's like a little delay between the communication. Yeah. So you don't really ever know when to like jump in. Yeah. You know, because then if you do, there's like a two second delay, and you're like, uh, what what did you say like, something <laughs> like it, it it interrupts the whole flow of the dialogue you know i i think it's just a different way of communication like for example if somebody's like ranting away as like hey i have a question and you just let them finish it's like hey what's your question and even though like yeah, there's so, a delay see, that that that's not a real conversation like if we were talking like, hey will i have a, I have a you know like stop shut up <laughs> you know what i mean let me let me we throw something in there. Yeah. Like, you know, we, I just start talking, like, whenever I... But, but you know how it is. Like, when people get into a flow, like, yeah. you don't want to break that train of thought. You no, know, I 100%. That's why, yeah. like, I usually, when we interview people, I just shut the hell up. Well, yeah, yeah. Because, for one, you know, they're, they've been pretty good guests so far. They have, like, lots of cool stuff to say. Yeah. For sure. And it's like, you know, I don't want to fill any time with, like, my stupid mouth. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> just... But at the same time, like in my head, I have like all these burning questions because I want to understand more. But it's like, dude, yeah, like you just said, you don't want to cut them off when they're like making a point. Yeah, you know? no, I totally agree. I mean, I think this is all just like, not only is it the uh, technology point where it is like, you know, it's not human to human, but it's also like we're still just learning how to do this. You know, yeah, the no. interview thing. No, absolutely. Yeah, this is like <clears throat> this is a process, and once once so once I think we can get interviews like physical interviews i think that's what we should do shit but well yeah a lot of stuff definitely. needs to align for that to happen but yeah i think we have like, that's the goal i mean yeah i have a lot of goals <laughs> <laughs> like seriously yeah all right guys now i appreciate you uh joining us and uh you, you know what to do like and subscribe and all that stuff so 
we'll be back next week. Appreciate all y'all for sure. Yeah, for real. We'll we'll see you next week then. Right, we're out. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Blockrunner podcast. Make sure you visit our website, theblockrunner.com, and sign up to stay up to date on the latest in crypto. Also, reach out to us on Twitter at theblockrunner.